The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. At that time, John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to prevent him because he does not follow us. Jesus replied, Do not prevent him. There is no one who performs a mighty deed in my name who can at the same time speak ill of me. For whoever is not against us is for us. Anyone who gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ, amen, I say to you, will surely not lose his reward. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were put around his neck and you were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed than with two hands to go into Gehenna, into the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life crippled than with two feet to be thrown into Gehenna. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Better for you to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into Gehenna, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. That's a rather graphic gospel, isn't it? Cut off your hand and pluck out your eye. Does God really mean that? No. He's speaking uh, in a hyperbolic way, right? It's a hyperbole. But he's trying to make a point. Jesus is trying to make a point that I think we should take to heart. And that is that sin definitely wounds us. Sin can, in a sense, make us less than human, in a sense, because Jesus, the author of our human nature, of our humanity, he knows what will make us happy. He, he made us for himself, as St. Augustine said, and our hearts are restless until they rest in him. And so, you know, Jesus uses the hand, right? If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Sometimes we grasp for things, metaphorically speaking, or perhaps literally, we grasp for things that in and of themselves may not even be bad. But if we make those things an idol, if you will, if we really rely on them to make us happy, we're missing the mark. And that's the literal definition of sin. The Hebrew word for sin and the Greek word for sin had this connotation of missing the mark. It was used for archers or those who threw spears. So if you sinned, so to speak, you missed the mark. So Jesus knows if we grasp for things or if we make things 
creatures, objects, wealth, pleasure, power, popularity, if we make those things idols, like our gods, if we think that we're going to find our fulfillment in those things, we're missing the mark. And that's crippling. That is crippling. That's the word I was looking for earlier. Sin cripples us, in a sense. It cripples us. And that's why Jesus is speaking so strongly. It's because he doesn't want us to be crippled, so to speak, by sin. Rather, he came, as he said himself, that we may have life and have it abundantly. Have it to the full. He wants us to be happy. And from the very beginning, ever since Adam and Eve believed the devil's lie, that God really didn't want to make them happy, we've been wrestling with our own fallen nature, with all the effects of sin that have been crippling, literally. So Jesus wants us to take this seriously. The challenge is, I think, oftentimes, that we can confess a sin or we can apologize or ask God for forgiveness or ask one another for forgiveness. But sometimes we have a hard time Stopping the cycle of sin if we tend to fall into a sin habitually. And that can be a cause of concern for us. You know, I'm sorry, God forgive me, and yet on some level, I'm still attached to it. I find it hard to, to not grasp. I find, I find it hard to let go. I, you know, he also mentioned your foot. Right? So if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. Like, do you find yourself going somewhere that you shouldn't go? Right? And it's hard not to go there. Right? As much as you know you shouldn't go there, you go there. Right? So we all wrestle with that. We all feel that. Nobody here, including Father Jason, is exempt from that struggle. And so that's where God's grace comes in. Remember, Christianity is a religion of grace. I mean, it's all about Jesus. But what did Jesus give us? He gave us his Holy Spirit. His power, his presence. And it's that grace working in us that transforms us then, that heals us. It's his love, you could say. And as we receive that love, then we realize who we are. God loving on us, so to speak. God loving on us, blessing us, telling us the truth, communicating his love, his affection for us as his children, so that we recognize who we are. That we appreciate who we are because of him. God really wants you to know that you are good. Right in the book of Genesis, it says, God saw, that all, saw all that he had made, 
And it was very good. It was very good. So God wants us to know that we are very good. And not even for what we do or what we have, but just for who we are. And that, that has to come from within. But that's tough. I was reading something yesterday for this class that I'm in, and it was talking about self-alienation. Being alienated from yourself. So being a foreigner to yourself. Being out of touch with yourself. Sin does that to all of us. Not only our own sin, but when people sin against us. We lose sense of ourselves and our own sacredness. I loved in the opening song, I talked about our sacred story or something like that. And I'm reading a book, Sacred Story. And the author is trying to help us who are reading the book to appreciate more deeply the sacredness of our lives. The sacredness of our stories. Even the messy parts. Even the parts that we're not really happy to look back at for one reason or another. That might be really painful. Sad or shameful. Whatever the case may be. But even those parts, God redeems. Jesus redeems them. How? Because he entered into time. And he's still here in a mysterious way. Even though we know he's in heaven at the right hand of the Father, we also believe and know that he's here in the Eucharist. And not only that, but that he's in our hearts because of the baptism that we've received. So Jesus is is in time and outside of time at the same time. We can't really comprehend that. All that to say that the Lord knows. He understands what you've gone through and where you're at and what what you might be struggling with or how you're looking to grow. He knows, he understands, and he wants to help. He wants to look at you with love. He wants to bless you. He wants to give you his grace, his strength to overcome the sin in your life and the sin around you to operate at a different level, so to speak. To operate in the order of grace, in his friendship, and not just get stuck in a pattern of sin and death, which is debilitating, crippling, So there's so much more to our lives than that pattern, that vicious cycle that you might be in. Or the sadness or the depression that you might find yourself in. The Lord wants to shine his light in all of those places. And to bring redemption and healing and growth. That's what he is offering us. That's, in a sense, what we celebrate here. I know it's a vigil mass, but every Sunday we are celebrating the Lord's day, his victory over sin and death. So we should be celebrating in a sense here 
That yes, we have a Savior who is risen and who is victorious over the grave and what put him in the grave, namely sin. And so, yes, although we are all broken and this world of ours is broken in so many ways, it's not hopeless. Your situation isn't hopeless. The world's situation isn't hopeless. Because we have a source of hope, our living hope, Jesus Christ. So as we continue with this Mass, dear brothers and sisters, let's pray that we can hear the Lord from within Reminding us of who we are. Saying to you, you are my son, you are my daughter. And I want you to know that you are really good. And from that sense of self renewed in Christ, may you be filled with his hope. That not only are you good, but we're all good. Fundamentally, we're all good. But sometimes we just don't even realize it. We're completely oblivious to what God is offering us for what he's already done and for what he's wanting to do all the time and how he offers that to us constantly. So let's pray that we can receive it more here tonight, that we can be touched by it, that we can be inspired by it, that we can be healed by it, that we can be moved by it and inspired to share it with all of those that we come in contact with so as to build up this family of God, this kingdom of Christ in our hearts, in our homes, and in our world. Amen.